Some believe that Jesus makes the real difference and the real difference is heaven and those people, you, would be right. Jesus is our Savior from sin. He's the one who died with our sin on his record. And so God has nothing left to hold against us. Jesus is the one who rose from the dead and so we believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting for us as we just confessed. Our souls will be reunited with our body and we'll experience life without God, or I'm sorry, life with God and without sin and without end. Jesus does promise us heaven and that makes the difference between heaven after this life and hell. But what about until then? What difference does Jesus make? He tells us very clearly. It's not about having different rules to follow. It's not even about having happiness in this life, though he blesses each of us with different amounts of that. It's about having him. It's about having a Savior that you can trust. It's about knowing, not just with your head, but with your heart, that no matter what, because of him, you are always blessed. Here's where we're at in the life of Jesus. He had made a great first impression as a nationally known preacher. Everywhere he went, people loved to hear him speak and if they had illnesses or problems that no one else could fix, Jesus could do a miracle and fix them. But those, especially people that were in power in their church and in politics, noticed there was something different about him and, and their great first impression of him was wearing off. You see, they had certain rules to help people stay religiously clean and holy. One of their rules that God had given them was you're not to work on the last day of the week. You're to devote that day to me, to, to rest and to worship. And so they had extra rules to kind of help people with that. No making food on that day. No doing work. Even if you're just walking through a field and you want a little snack, just grab a couple of heads of grain. That was a no-no. Couldn't even pop that in your mouth. And, and if your work was healing people, I'm sorry, those sick people were just going to have to wait until Sunday. And Jesus said, um, if you need a snack, go ahead. It's not the work God's talking about. And if somebody's sick, I've got to help them. And so he did. And so they didn't like that Jesus was breaking their rules. And even when he claimed to be the son of man, they were, or son of God, they were okay with that until he told them that he was there to be their savior from sin, not from their political problems. Then an attempt was made on his life. And don't think that his followers didn't notice. They did. And they were starting to get scared of what it was going to mean to follow Jesus. And so the, to encourage them, Jesus said, come with me. We're going to go on a hike. We don't know exactly which mountain they went on or how high they went, but when they got to the high point of their hike, Jesus prayed with them. 
And then after he was finished praying with them, he said, I have an announcement to make. Twelve of you are not just going to be my followers, but I'm going to train you to be missionaries. When I'm gone, you're going to be the ones that pick up where I left off, that tell other people about the kingdom of God and his forgiveness in heaven. You're going to tell people about me, and your training starts today. And they walked down the mountain, and there was a huge crowd of people who couldn't go any farther because they were too sick, waiting for Jesus to heal them, and he healed everybody. And then he started to preach, and we have one of the longest recorded sermons that Jesus preached. It's called the Sermon on the Mount, and it has some of the most famous and dear words to our heart in it. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven. If anyone thinks that what makes a Christian different is finding happiness in this life, or that what makes being a Christian different is that you just have different rules to follow. Jesus says just the opposite. These are not rules for happiness. These are more assurances that you're not going to be happy in this life. It is possible for Jesus' disciples to be poor. It is possible for Jesus' disciples to go hungry. In fact, you're going to have added problems because Jesus says when you tell other people about me, they're not going to like you. You may even be persecuted. But he says, don't try to change that. Don't give up. That doesn't stop us from trying to change it. It doesn't mean that we want to take these words out of the Bible, but, but sometimes we want to add to them in the hopes that things will be a little more comfortable in this life. And so we add things, at least in our minds and our hearts, like, blessed are those who have learned not to care so much because you won't be hurt. Blessed are you who work harder than everybody else because you have the right to complain. Blessed are you who've learned to do just enough because that way you won't burn out. Blessed are you who can figure out everyone's faults, for you will be right and feel good about yourself. Maybe I shouldn't be asking you, would you add those things? Maybe I should ask, what beatitudes have you added in your heart and your mind with the goal in life of making this life a little bit more comfortable for yourself, uh, of trying to convince yourself that God just wants you to be happy? Jesus says, if you have, when you have, woe to you. Because his mission in life is not to make this life more comfortable. His mission in life, his goal for your life, is to comfort you with God's promises. He says, I've got something better than a comfortable life for you. I've got God's promises that will take care of you in your heart. And he says, you know, to be poor means to have nothing. 
to, to be empty, to have nothing of value to offer anyone else. And he's talking here about what you can offer God. And saying, blessed are you when you realize you have nothing of value to offer God. You have nothing good in your life that can impress him on your own because that's exactly where God needs you. Saying before God, I have nothing, Lord. My life is so full of sin that I have nothing that can impress you. And God says, I'm glad you see that because I love you and now I can give you assurance that you really are good. And your assurance that you really are good comes not from you, but from Jesus, who came here and was as good as I demand you be. And in my love, I've decided that counts in your place. And anything that I would hold against you, God says, I took that out on Jesus. And he died for you. So blessed are you when you are poor, poor in your spirit, because you are going to see the kingdom of God. There's nothing keeping you out. You are truly blessed. And he says, blessed are you who are hungry. And to be hungry means to be lacking something as well. But he says, who hunger after righteousness. To hunger means to be never satisfied. Try as hard as you can. Do you ever pray enough? Try as hard as you can. Are you ever a good enough spouse for a long time? Do you ever listen to your parents as much as you know you should or work as hard as you can in school or your job? Do you ever do the things that God wants you to do well enough? No. And God says, good, that you hunger and thirst after righteousness. Because once you get self-satisfied, you stop trying to do God's will. But he says, if you hunger and thirst, you confess your sins and say, Lord, I need your help. And he says, I will fill you up. I want you to remember you're my baptized child. I want you to listen to my word. I want you to take communion. And he says, I will fill you with my Holy Spirit so that you can continue to not only do the good that I want you to do, but keep doing it. Keep being hungry for righteousness, knowing that we're always going to have that sinful nature in us battling us against to do good, but by the Holy Spirit's power, you will be filled with my power to do what's good and right. You are blessed. And he says, blessed are you even who weep because of the trouble you have in this life. Whether it's your own illness or the illness of someone you love that you can't stop. Whether it's death itself or struggles getting along with family and friends, or internal struggles with doubt and sin, Jesus says you are blessed because you have a right view of this world that sin will always be here and will always be affecting you. You will always have a reason to weep and grieve because that's part of life in this world. But he says blessed are you when you recognize that the problem with this world, that all other problems come from, is sin. Because the solution to that problem is Jesus and you have him. He forgives your sin and promises he will be with you, there to listen to you when you pray, there to give you strength to make wise decisions when you have trouble, there to comfort your soul and be with you when you have trouble. You are truly blessed. So what is it that makes a Christian different from everyone else in the world? Is it that you have less trouble or more rules? No, those things are the same for everyone. But what you have is this. 
you have Jesus' promises that no matter what, by his grace, you are always forgiven, you are always loved, and heaven is waiting there where you will always live one day. You are truly blessed. This is God's word.